Pass First Point Guard and Blazer Beat Writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Basketball is on hold, but Locked On Blazers is not. So today's episode, we're going to give a little bit of updates on what's going on in the NBA world in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak that is obviously affecting the entire globe and certainly all of the United States, all of North America. But we can't spend the next eight weeks or so just talking about CDC recommendations and viruses and Rudy Gobert's and all those things. So let's start by having a little fun. We'll close the show talking about what the sort of what's up with the coronavirus, what's up with COVID-19 since the last update I gave you. The season ended last week, postponed indefinitely. But let's start having a little fun. And to have a little fun, let me wish you, dear listeners, in this first segment, a very happy Nurk Day. That's right. Sunday was supposed to be Nurk Day, March 15th. Heck, Sunday is, Sunday is Nurk Day. I'm recording this on Sunday, and it's Nurk Day for a variety of reasons. One, this was the day Nurk was supposed to return. Supposed to come back. It's going to be a day that I ate breakfast at the Moda Center, so what a special time that was going to be for all of us. Nationally televised game, 12.30 against the Houston Rockets, likely Blazers playoff chances on the line in in some ways. The stadium was going to be going nuts. It was going to be a very special event to attend. I was excited as a journalist. I'm somewhat jaded when it comes to covering Blazer games. I'm trying to avoid that jade. I don't think it's healthy or uh, fun for you guys if I'm like, I had to go to another Blazer game. But I was excited for Sunday's game. I was excited to see what the atmosphere would be like for Nurkic. I was I was really, really looking forward to it. Uh, just as because of how much I know he means to the fan base, how much he was looking forward to it, how little we've we've kind of got to see him emote and do stuff when he spent so long on the sidelines. But, obviously that's not how this ended. And Nurk sent out a tweet, kind of summing it all up. He said, man... I'm supposed to play tomorrow, and the little emoji with his head head exploding. Was super excited. Little emoji with the star eyes. But, ellipses, hashtag Nurk Fever, hashtag the return, hashtag be safe out there, and then the Arnold Schwarzenegger as Terminator gif saying, I'll be back. Then Nurk basically retweeted everyone saying nice things about him because the community wanted him back. Happy Nurk Day. I hope you got out there and chanted Yusuf Nurkic with whoever you're currently quarantined with. But it's also Nurk Day because it's an anniversary of a great Nurk moment. Perhaps not great for him, but I think a great moment worth remembering. So on this happy Nurk Day, let us remember a great moment in Yusuf Nurkic history. We're going to turn back the clock briefly, two years, to March 16th, 2018, if you're listening to this on Monday, it happened exactly two day, two years ago. That game was a Blazers 113-105 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. But the thing that you will remember about it is that LeBron James crammed all over Yusuf Nurkic. A viral, massive dunk 
just absolutely crammed on poor Yusuf Nurkic. Set a double high screen. LeBron came around, got to his right hand, took off, and Nurk tried to meet him at the rim. And listen, LeBron at age 35 in year 17 is really athletic. And LeBron at age 33 in year 15, heading to his eighth consecutive trip to the finals, also a really good athlete. Not much had changed. But here's what I remember about that play. One, LeBron did a social media blast of that play. His team lost by eight on the road, and he put out 45 million uh, Instagram and Twitter um, things about it. He loved it. He enjoyed being a 33-year-old to be able to dunk that much. But the thing I really remember about it is how the Blazers reacted. When they went to the bench, instead of kind of, sometimes somebody gets dunked on, you kind of avoid him. You don't touch him. It's like, you got a little stink on you. I'm going to back off, bud. But the Blazers dapped up Nurk. They came and patted him on the back. They were pr- they were proud of him for stepping in. Coming off two screens, it would be easy to just olay LeBron, let him get to the rim, give up two points, come back another day. You could make the argument f- for how long the highlight has lived in eternity. Maybe Nurk should have done that, but that's not what the Blazers felt. At the time, they were, they were you know, dapping him up and clapping him on the back. And then right after the game, th- that's... What sort of the conversation was about? Uh, I remember Ed Davis basically just saying, like, you know, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes wouldn't do that. Like he he was proud of Nurk for doing that. I also remember that Nurk was not in the locker room that night. At the Blazers practice facility, they have a bell mounted on the far wall, like opposite of the media entrance, and they ring that bell for a variety of reasons. Uh, good ball movement. If someone makes twenty of out of twenty five threes in their shooting drill, um, it. You know, Blazers basketball, ball movement, so the ball, if you swing the ball around the perimeter, pass up a good shot to get a great shot, that kind of thing. But also contesting dunks at the rim. This exact type of thing they celebrate in the Blazers, at the PF. Standing in and taking a dunk on a known dunker, on one of the great in-game dunkers of a generation. And that's what Nurk did. So I would like to remember Nurk on Nurk Day for that. For the type of player that he grew into. I don't think he was like that necessarily when he came into the league and when he first showed up in Portland. But in his time, he grew into someone who was fearless and about winning above all. He only had 8-10 and in that game. He didn't play super well, but he was fearless. Wholly unafraid to get crammed on and end up on Instagram if it had meant doing the right thing for his team. So on Nurk Day, remember Nurk at his best. And that is being fearless and selfless, and doing the right thing for the team. Nurk, would have been fun to watch you this morning, this afternoon. We'll do it again soon, sometime. All right, in second segment, let's get to a little bit of news. I want to start with a little bit of fun, but uh, we got to hit the news because there's there's stuff to know. If you're listening to an NBA podcast, there's stuff to know about the league, so I want to tell you what to know. But before we get there, I want to tell you about Postmates. Postmates is the food delivery service that doubles as an everything delivery service. So just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free delivery, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. 
That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Okay. So we talked Yusuf Nurkic in that first segment. Happy Nurk Day to you and yours. Now let's answer, I think, the kind of the question that that's on your mind. What, what's happening with the Blazers? The NBA season is on hold. The Center for Disease Control, the CDC, issued a recommenda- recommendation on Sunday that no events or gatherings with more than 50 people should be held for at least eight weeks. An eight-week ban on, on groups activities with 50 or more people certainly that's going to include an NBA game you're, you're going to need 50 more 50 or more people just to play an NBA game in a quote-unquote empty arena like between the two teams and their personnel and stats crew and camera and all those things like so we're 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 at a minimum eight weeks away let's talk a little bit about the timeline that could happen for the NBA to return in the third segment but as a result of knowing that it's looking more and more like June before this season potentially comes back, the NBA is kind of giving message to players, giving message to guys around the league on what to do. So prior to this week, uh, the practice facility for the Blazers was open. Uh, players and coaches were allowed to work one-on-one. Basically, the league was telling uh teams to go one coach one player one basket so if a guy comes in let him work with one specific coach they go to one basket limit sort of interactions with multiple guys uh organized team activities and and practices and scrimmages were are not allowed uh but prior to this weekend the rule across the league was that everybody had to stay in market when everybody gets home they get back to home base and then after this weekend uh, of course the nba was season was canceled on last Thursday. So we're basically just basically a weekend of everyone staying in market and then they will reassess. That was the word. Uh, the Blazers followed basically the exact league orders from what I understand and, uh, instituted the sort of one player, one coach type of thing, kept the PF open guys were coming in, but it's been updated. And with a long hiatus, this, it it looks like it was going to be a month. Now it's looking more like eight weeks at the very minimum. probably a little longer. So the NBA reached out, sent a memo to the Players Association, sent a memo to teams, and basically just said, you can go other places. You can leave if you want. And although the expectation is that these guys will still be in self-isolation or quarantine because of their potential exposure to the coronavirus, there have been three cases confirmed in the NBA, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons. So they, before, before guys leave the market, obviously they got to be cleared by a medical professional, um, whether that's no symptoms or taking a test. That's not totally clear to me from the reporting, both, uh, people, the athletic, the associate press and ESPN all had reports that I've, that I've read, uh, not hundred percent clear what that means, but I don't think you have to have a negative test. I think no symptoms and you haven't had symptoms. They'll let you leave the market. 
But there's outbreaks in Asia, there's outbreaks in Europe, obviously, uh, Spain and France, not to mention Italy are having, um, th- uh, you know, serious issues with the pandemic. Obviously, the United States is no different having serious issues with it, too. So pl- it's not like players are leaving and going far away. In fact, the rule from the league is that they can't travel outside of North America. And Additionally, if a player travels outside their home market, they got to keep the team updated on where they are. Still can't practice, but now you can travel. So look for guys to wind up on Instagram somewhere warm. And in North America, looking at you, Mexico, you're about to get an influx of millionaires. So that's what's currently happening with your Blazers. Um, f- just from a quick perusal of uh, of social media, seems like most of the Blazers are in town for now. But they had to be in town through the weekend. Now that sort of um, that ban or that advisory has been lifted. Guys can travel. The guys can get away. Because there's only so much you can do. Uh, it's not like... Obviously, you guys are going to want to stay in shape and all those things, but we're not. It's not like we're ramping up for games that are going to happen in April or May. I, I say towards the end of May, you could start checking if that's going to happen. And Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN basically said that the cutoff to return to action by the league would be August first. But I think the expectation is that it's probably going to happen in mid to late June. So. There's only so much sort of physical basketball stuff guys can do each day. You go get in an hour to two hour long workout. That's probably as much as, you know, your body really needs. Maybe you could conceivably go get a second one, but we're talking three or four hours on the basketball court. It might be time for these dudes to uh, unwind a little bit. So what uh, I'm hoping happens is that through social media and through all of uh the channels that we have to connect to guys now. Get to see a little bit more people's personalities. Get to see what uh, guys are like when they are have a sort of surprise offseason and they don't have the pull of having to do all these sponsorships things. There's not going to be, you're not going to have an Adidas event or a Norelco event, Banana Republic event. Shout out to CJ McCollum pushing those chinos all last summer. They're just dudes cooped up at home. And as a fan of the league and someone who will genuinely miss basketball, I hope we get to see more of the players, more of the Blazers sort of personalities um, come out as they go a little bit stir crazy without, you know, with some social distancing practices in effect, staying at their house, not practicing, not, you know, getting out and practicing as a team, not seeing the not just doing so much basketball stuff. Hope we get to see a little bit more of what they're like. I think that'll be something to look forward to. And like I said, I don't want to crush you on this podcast. I, I'm going to keep rolling with these regularly. I don't want to crush you with just coronavirus news, COVID-19 news. I want to keep it light. Hopefully we'll have plenty of uh, reasons to keep it light. In the third segment, though, I want to come back and talk about what a return to action would look like for the league. How it could happen. Uh, 
and what the timeline might be like if we get NBA basketball again, where it's headed. Okay. Talked Yusuf Nurkic. Talked the rules, guidelines for NBA players and the Blazers. Now let's talk about the NBA season. Should it return? What might it look like? ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski wrote that the league is basically looking at a mid to late June return. Uh, as I said in the second segment, August 1st would basically be the cutoff to, to call it. But right now the league, while I think cancellation is certainly on the table, it's a, it's a very real option that the NBA season, they'll just call this one and they'll run it back again next year. There are... The league is talking to the board of governors, talking to the, talking to the owners of these teams, and it's they're considering the options. What what might it look like? Obviously, there's some revenue stuff to work out. Um, people who own NBA arenas also want to use those arenas for concerts and other events. You know, dirt bike, monster truck, uh, all those type of things you can do in a big arena setting. So there is a there's a major financial component of just like having these big arenas go dark. So obviously the sort of billionaire class wants to figure out a solution, a solution to make this happen. There's some incentive, obviously, for the players to do it. Uh, owners and players split basketball-related income, and um, we'll get into the financial stuff the other another day. But I just want to paint a picture that it's wider than just like, when can basketball come back? Because... Down the road, if the if NBA is not back, but you can book an Ed Shireen concert, they're still going to do that. But uh, teams have basically been directed by the league office, according to Woj, to give potential dates, not of just uh, of their arenas into August, because the season is going to start back up in the middle of June, potentially, and roll forward from there. But... There's a chance that uh, if the, that the season will be fully canceled, there's a chance the season comes back, but there's no fans in attendance, and that they're allowed to have play these games and make good for their television partners and have this audience, the you and I of the world who really want to watch high level basketball, to play these games on television without people in without people in the arena. But because of how massive these arenas are, Woj has said that part of the, Woj reported today that part of the uh, thinking from the league and the Board of Governors is maybe to move these to um, teams' practice facilities uh, or other smaller gyms nearby that would make more sense for a fanless game atmosphere. Pretty fun if the, if the, uh, the Blazers won't probably be involved in this if we're being if we're keeping it a million, but it'd pretty be fun if the Blazers played a playoff game like at uh, Portland State campus, tiny little uh, tiny little collegiate gym. It'd be pretty fun. So how might it work though? Like, what's a realistic timeline if we're talking about the league coming back mid June and running through August? Well, ESPN's Bobby Marks laid it out like this. You just start the playoffs in mid-June. Sorry, you don't get to finish the regular season. Those games got cut off, but but that's how it works. NBA fi- NBA playoffs start in June. 
NBA finals begin in early August, a few weeks later, you, you, usually the NBA playoffs are drag out to about, be about 10 weeks long. Seems like this proposal would have them be about six weeks long. We'd probably cut off a full month, cram more days in. You wouldn't have two days off in between any of these games. But then at the very end of August, you'd have the NBA draft. It'd be back. Start of free agency would be September 1st, not July 1st. And then you'd get, quote-unquote, summer league in uh, early September. Training camp wouldn't be pushed back till December. About the 10th is what Marx suggests. And then regular season would begin on Christmas with a full 82 games and again run until mid-June. Pushing it back from... Early June is usually when the finals end, like June 10th to, say, June 17th, and cramming your full 82 in there with just uh, maybe a shorter all-star break and all those things. That's how it could look, and that's how you could reset the league. According to Bobby Marks, a former front office, longtime front office person with the New Jersey and Brooklyn Nets. I think that's a pretty... An interesting timeline to reset it. Um, it's not perfect, but it would make for a fun fall. That June, August uh, kind of natural uh, quiet time in sports when the baseball playoffs haven't totally started yet and we have uh, winter, fall, winter sports haven't come back before football, before hockey and basketball return. I think it'd be a great time to have the NBA playoffs. Obviously, all this downtime in the summer is going to make us miss sports dramatically. But should things, should life hopefully get back to normal by then, I think it seems like a wonderful proposal. Something to genuinely look forward to. That's going to do it for this episode. When you're done, why not tell your smart device to uh, turn on Hollander and Duncan, national NBA show from the Locked On Podcast Network that you might get a kick out of. You can find that and this show wherever you already get podcasts. We'll be there waiting for you. Just search Lockdown Blazers. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.